I am. I really am. What a day that'll be. Seeing our Savior, the one who saved us, the one who forgave us all our sins, paid for our sins. We'll see him face to face. That'll be a blessing. Go to Galatians chapter 5 this morning. Go to the passage you're used to going to all month. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13. And we're going to read all the way down to verse 26. This morning. The passage that... that uh, this passage of Scripture, the book of Galatians was written because there were people that were messing with the plan of salvation. They were trying to add things to salvation. And, and uh, God made it very, very clear that salvation was by grace, through faith, and, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Galatians was written to combat uh, that idea that works was a part of salvation. And in, in so doing, one of the things that God brings out in this book is also the liberty that we have in Christ. Well, just like people can go in one direction and add works, on the other hand, they can go in the other direction and say, well, liberty then means I can just, now I've been set free in Christ, I can do anything I want to do. Well, both of those attitudes are wrong, and God sets that straight in Galatians chapter 5. And the name of the message this morning is just simply, the choice is yours. Every person who is saved They've trusted Jesus Christ. You've come to the point where you realize you're a sinner. You're on your way to hell. And you deserve hell for your sins because you've sinned against an eternal and a holy God. And you realize that the only way that your sins can be forgiven is by putting all your faith and all your trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone as Savior. You call out to Him. You believe on Him. You trust Him to forgive you of all your sins and give you eternal life. The moment you do that from that day forward, you come to a fork in the road every single day of your life. And when you come to that fork, you, you, you have a choice that you can make. And we're going to read about that choice this morning. Let's all stand together, if you would. And if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you as we look on the Word of God together. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, down through the end of the chapter. It says, For, for brethren... Ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the, of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, Wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and, and, and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together in your name and around your word. We pray, Father, that you would calm hearts this morning, remove distractions, not only outward ones, but inward ones, that might distract us from paying attention to your word. We pray, Lord, that the Spirit of God would have freedom in this place this morning. And we ask, Lord, that you would specifically speak to our hearts about this passage and about the choice that we have every day and every moment of the day, really, of which path we're going to walk down and what we're going to follow. We pray, Lord, that you would have your will and your way in our hearts this morning. As we hear your word, may we respond to it and say yes to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You, may be, you may be seated. According to this passage, right, right out of the blocks in verse 13, it says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. He tells us what, it, what our call is, and our call is liberty. Uh, liberty is just simply to be set free from restraint. Uh, we were restrained before we were saved from doing right. Now we have the liberty to do right. Liberty in Christ is not the freedom to do anything you want to do. In fact, that contradicts the whole purpose of the thing because the purpose is by love to serve one another. If you're serving someone else, you're not at the forefront of the whole issue. Someone else is at the forefront. In other words, you're esteeming others better than yourself because you're serving them instead of yourself. Liberty is the, the freedom that God gives us to do right and not to follow the flesh as we did before when we were saved. The, the motivator behind, behind uh, doing those things and, and using that liberty to serve one another is love. And it's love in two areas. Look in chapter 5, look down in verse 6. It says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. You know, when, when you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, and I know when I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, you know what happened? I fell in love with him. I fell in love with him. Why? Because he forgave all my sins. Because he gave me eternal life. And, and, and uh, uh, more than anything else, uh, th that love for God ought to be the number one motivator in our lives. When, when the Lord Jesus Christ was giving his disciples commandments and someone asked him a question, not his disciples, but someone else, said, what's the great commandment? He said, the great commandment is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. The greatest thing you can do is to first and foremost love God. The greatest sin that you could ever commit is to fail to love God. 
And sometimes we look at the, the greatest commandment, but we forget what the greatest sin is. And the greatest sin is just not to love the Lord with all of our heart. You say, well, I, I love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. In other words, is he absolutely number one? And then, of course, the second, the second love is not only to God, but then to others. In verse 13, brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. And, and that, that hits everybody, really. Uh, that, that's uh, talking about not only saved people, but also lost people. We're supposed to love the lost and tell them about Jesus Christ. One of the best ways we can serve them is by being a witness to them. And then when it comes to saved people, we're, we're supposed to serve them as well and, and just have a servant's heart because that's what God's called us to liberty for uh, so that we can, by, by love, serve one another. Now, how do we do that? Well, we can't do that in our own strength. We can't do that in our, in our own power. If you've been saved for very long, I'm sure you've tried it. I know I've tried it over and over again. Uh, it doesn't work. You can't do it in your own power. You can't do it with your own, own ability, but you can do it by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God allows you to be able to perform your calling. However, there is a conflict. There is a battle. Uh, if you look with me in verse 16, it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's how we fulfill the commandment that we've been given to by love serve one another. But then he goes on and he says, listen, you can't do it in your own strength. You've got to do it in the strength of the Spirit of God. But then he tells us that there's a battle in verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. The conflict is the flesh versus the spirit. Before you, go, before you trusted Christ as Savior, the only thing you had to deal with was the flesh. That's all you had. But when you get saved and you trust Christ as Savior, the Bible says our body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God comes in and makes residence in us. Now we're not only dealing with the flesh, but we're also dealing with the Spirit. And God makes it very, very clear that these two are contrary one to another. In other words, they're fighting all the time. Because one wants to pull you in one direction, which is the wrong direction, the flesh. Another one wants to pull you in the right direction. And that's the spirit doing right and by love serving one another. Uh, the, the question is, which way do you go? Which way do you go? Uh, that's that's, a, that's a, a choice that we have to make daily and really moment by moment. If we, if we follow the spirit, the result of following the spirit is fruit. And we'll get blessings and we'll be a blessing. The, the result of following the flesh is works. And we'll look at what those works are here in just a moment. But this thing is a, is a constant battle. And the bottom line is this, and please don't make the Christian life any more difficult or more complicated than it needs to be. You know what it really is? It's a daily choice. It's a choice I'm either going to follow the Spirit of God or I'm going to follow my own flesh and my own desires. 
That's the choice that we have to make. And God says that we ought to follow the Spirit. What happens if we don't? And, and the reason why this is so important is because it's, a, it's a, a clear choice that we have to make all the time. If we do not make the choice to follow the Spirit, the default mode automatically kicks in. That's called your flesh. Your flesh will just kick in. And that happens by default. Uh, the, what happens if we don't follow the Spirit of God? Well, look with me in verse 15. Verse 15 says, But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. Drop down to verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. What happens if I don't follow the Spirit of God? Verse 15 says, I'll bite and I'll devour other people. That means, that means my tongue will get loose and I'll do damage to others through the things that I say. I'll, I'll consume others and others will consume me. Down in verse 19 says that you open the door. It doesn't mean that you'll always do all of these things, but you open the door for all of these things. You open the door for adultery, for fornication, for uncleanness, for lasciviousness. Lasciviousness is just a, a big word for unbridled lust. You just do what you want to do. And that's what a lot of these people who say, I have liberty in Christ, so therefore I have no constraints on me. No, 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 no. Liberty in Christ is not to just go out and do anything you feel like doing because, again, all you're simply doing there is falling into the mode, the default mode of following the flesh. And, and uh, lasciviousness is just unbridled lust. Verse 20 talks about idolatry and witchcraft. And hatred and variance and emulations, wrath, meaning anger and strife, uh, seditions and heresies. All those, all those doors open up when you don't follow the Spirit on purpose. Uh, verse 21 says, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings. Uh, you know, what is the problem with a, a person who envies? What's the problem with a person who commits murder? What's the problem with a Christian who gets drunk or one who is involved in revelings and fights and so forth? The problem is they're following the wrong thing. They're not following the Spirit on purpose. And if you don't follow the Spirit on purpose, you just automatically go into that default mode and you follow the flesh. Verse 26 says that we, we become desirous of vainglory, provoking and envying one another. Um, when, when the spirit is not followed, the flesh just automatically takes over. And when that takes place and we follow the flesh and not the spirit, and understand, this is not talking to lost people. This, this passage is written to people that have trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. He's writing to church. What do you lose? Look down at verse, uh, uh, verse uh, 21. 
uh, he says, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. And then he says, of the which, I tell you before, as I have told you, also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You ever want to see verbal gymnastics? Read commentaries on that verse. And the verbal gymnastics that take place is that uh, they say, well, you see, what that means is uh, if you do those things continually, then you're not going to go to heaven. But that isn't what it says. It doesn't say that a person won't go to heaven. He's talking to lost, or excuse me, he's talking to saved people, not lost people. So what's he saying? He's saying you won't inherit something. Didn't say you won't have your sins forgiven. Listen, once you're saved, it's signed, sealed, and delivered. That's it, okay? Uh, the Bible says we're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Nobody's going to break that seal. Not even God himself is going to break that seal because it's a promise. And he says that the work that he began in us, he will, he will faithfully perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so this isn't talking about whether or not a person is saved. It's talking about what they'll lose if they follow the flesh. And when we follow the flesh, we lose something every time. We lose an inheritance. And the, and the inheritance is in the kingdom of God. So, well, that's talking about salvation. No, you get the kingdom of God because of salvation, but it is not salvation. Take your Bibles and turn with me, if you would, to the book of Romans. He says, well, not inherit the kingdom of God. What in the world is he talking about? Romans chapter 14, verse 17. You know what I found? Amazing truth. That the word of God is the best commentary on the word of God. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just amazing. Uh, the best commentary on the book is a book. And in Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, he says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. In other words, he's saying, listen, it's nothing that's physical. He says, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Um, God makes it real, real plain and real clear that if you walk after the flesh, you're going to lose righteousness, you're going to lose peace, you're going to lose joy in the Holy Ghost. Obviously, you're going to lose the righteousness because you're following the flesh. You're opening the door to sin rather than doing right. You're going to lose peace. You're going to lose that peace that passes all understanding that God wants to give to you as a Christian. And you're going to lose joy. You're not going to have joy in the, in the Holy Spirit when you're involved in sin. Now, here's, here's the question I want to ask you this morning. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Does that describe your Christian life right there? It ought to. Every single saved person, every single one of us, ought to be characterized in our Christian lives by righteousness, doing right, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. That ought to be obvious and evident to all. 
if it's not, then it's because we don't have it. And if we don't have it, that's telling us who we're following. We're following the flesh. We're not following the spirit. Um, all three of those things don't occur one at a time, but all at the same time. It's kind of like something else we're going to look at here in just a minute. But uh, the Bible says that when we, when we inherit the kingdom of God, we inherit that attitude of righteousness where we're doing right. We inherit a peace of God which passes all understanding, and we, we also inherit that joy in the Holy Ghost. And those, those three are all evident at the same time. Uh, it, what, if, what if I'm not experiencing those, thing, those three things in my life right now? Well, then it tells me who got control. And it wasn't the spirit. It was the flesh. And here's the thing. You can, you can follow, you can be following the flesh and still appear religious. You can follow the flesh and still put on a good front. But, but there's, a, there's a, a, a definite choice that comes before us every day and every moment of the day. Who are we going to follow? Are we going to follow the Spirit of God and let Him lead us? Or are we going to follow our flesh and do what, what we would desire? Look down in, in uh, verses 16 through 18 with me again. It says, This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the Flesh lusteth against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. As we said before, there's a conflict there. Here's the question, which one wins? Who wins? Does the spirit win or does the flesh win? Well, it's the one we choose to follow that wins. And that choice is totally up to us. We have two choices. We can either fulfill the lust of the flesh or we can be led by the Spirit of God. That's a choice that God sets before us every moment of every day and we have to consciously be following the Spirit of God or if we don't, immediately that default mode will kick in. You know, one of the things we need to ask ourselves is which one are we catering to? Do we cater to the flesh or do we cater to the spirit? Do we feed the flesh and its desires or do we feed the spirit and its desires, his desires? Um, the truth of the matter is just the fact that you're in church this morning is a good thing because you're feeding, you're feeding the, the right thing. You're feeding the spirit rather than the flesh. When we walk in the spirit and follow his leading, we get a specific result. Look down in verse 22. Just like when we walk in the flesh, we open the doors to all the things that are found in verses 19 through 21. When we follow the Spirit of God, we open the doors for verses 22 and 23. And this is what takes place. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, Meekness, temperance, against such, there is no law. Now, those are, those are the nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. I've heard often people describe those nine things 
as the fruits of the Spirit. But that isn't what the Bible says. Your, your Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is. So that's one fruit that contains all nine of those characteristics. All those nine qualities will be evident and will be visible uh, in a person's life when they're following the Spirit of God. Um, you know, fruit always grows in a good atmosphere. One of the things that is so important for fruit to grow is that the atmosphere has to be right. Well, we need to make sure that the atmosphere is right in our life so that we, we have an easier time following the Spirit rather than just going into the default mode and following the flesh. And, and the way you do that is you saturate your life with the Word of God and with prayer. Uh, there, there ought not to be a day go by that you don't spend time in the book, that you don't spend time talking to God. It is so important for us to have the right atmosphere so that so the, the fruit will grow. Now, the choice is ours. The choice is ours. Uh, the choice is not, is, is not to uh, decide to fight the flesh, but the choice is to rather surrender our hearts to the Spirit of God. I found that right, you know, since the day I got saved until this moment, the choice always is, is it my way or God's way? Am I going to follow God or am I going to follow me? Am I going to do what I want or am I going to do what God wants? And, and that's really what the choice is. Now, if, if, if you're here this morning and you're saved, you have a choice. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, you don't have a choice. You know what you're going to do? You're going to follow the, you're going to follow the, the, uh, the, the flesh because that's all you have right now. Now, you do have a choice, but it's not this choice. The choice you have that's before you is, am I going to trust Jesus Christ as Savior, or am I going to be responsible for my own sin? And if you're responsible for your own sin, you can't pay for it. It's absolutely impossible. So that means you'll die and go to hell for all eternity. That's not a good choice. Jesus paid it all. When he died on that cross, he said, it is finished. That payment for sin was made in total. And you need to come to him. The choice that you have right now is to come to Christ and to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to be your savior and to, to forgive you of all your sins and to give you eternal life. But if you're saved here this morning, you have a choice, and the choice is, do I follow the Spirit or do I follow the flesh? You know, I, I, I've, over the years, I have read a lot of books about the Christian life. I've listened to a lot of sermons and a lot of messages about the Christian life. Can I tell you what it really boils down to? It boils down to Galatians chapter 5. It boils down to a daily choice that we have to make. Don't, like I said, don't make it more complicated than it is. You're either following the flesh or you're following the spirit. And if you don't follow the spirit on purpose, the, the flesh will be the default choice. The, the thing that we were told to do in verse 13 says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, 
but by love serve one another. How do we do that? We make sure that we follow the Spirit and not the flesh. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we're thankful this morning for the plainness of Scripture. I'm thankful, Lord, for the simplicity of Scripture because honestly, Lord, and you know this, I'm not all that bright, and most of us aren't. And we need to have it plain, and we need to have it simple. And you've told us simply, if we're going to have our sins forgiven, we've got to come to Jesus Christ because we can't do it ourselves. We've got to trust you, and you alone is our Savior. God, if there's anyone here this morning who does not know for sure, if they die, they go to heaven. I pray that at the invitation, they come forward, take my hand, say, Preacher, I need to get saved. I need to get my sins forgiven. What a joy it'll be for one of our folks to take the word of God and to show them how to, how to get that taken care of. It's not complicated. It's simple. Jesus paid it all. And then, Lord, I pray for those of us that are saved. Help us to see this morning that living for Christ and living the Christian life is not complicated. It's basically a fork in the road. We either decide to do what we want or do what you want. We either follow our flesh and our own desires or we follow the Spirit of God. Lord, in order to, by love, serve one another, in order to, by love, love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we must choose to follow the Spirit of God. It needs to be a conscious choice. Lord, help us to look at our lives this morning and see what characterizes our life. Do we have that righteousness? Do we have that joy? Do we have that peace that passes all understanding? Or do we have many of those things that characterize the work of the flesh that keep popping up in our lives? Lord, that's a very clear indicator that we're following the flesh rather than the spirit. Help us, Lord, to make a decision this morning to follow the spirit of God. God, work in this invitation, work in our hearts. And as you speak to our hearts this morning, may we say yes to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.